Hey everybody, welcome to Money's No Object. I'm your host, Dylan Howe. This is episode number 30 of our YouTube channel and podcast, and I could not be more excited to continue uh, this particular uh, series of videos that I'm doing, uh, but just in general, continue creating this content for you guys and putting stuff out there that I know uh, will be helpful to you and to help you grow long-term into good financial habits and to financial freedom. Uh, today, we're going to talk about uh, a topic that I alluded to in the past couple videos, uh, but I think is very important for all of us, uh, is college savings accounts and educational savings accounts. So we all want uh, or we all feel like we would like our kids to uh, be successful and we would like for our kids to uh, maybe attain a college degree or get some really good education of some type in order to be successful in the world. And so uh, one way in which we can help ensure that to happen is by doing the right thing and saving for their college and their educational expenses early on uh, and doing so in an efficient way. And a lot of these college savings accounts and educational savings accounts can help us to do so. So we're gonna dig into those different types and how they may benefit or uh, how they may hinder you uh, to, in today's video. Before we get started though, if you could go down below, click the subscribe button, uh, like this video, leave me any feedback in the comments. I'd be glad to um, start a dialogue with you there. Uh, also, if you're listening on Apple or Spotify, uh, make sure that you're subscribed to uh, the podcast. If not, then go do that now. Um, and if you want to go listen to the podcast and, and uh, do that in, in those different platforms, then you could subscribe there as well. You can also follow me on social media at MNO with Dylan and check out my website, www.mnowithdylan.com, where I provide resources for you and the ability to sign up for financial coaching services if you so choose. So let's jump right in with some different types of educational or college savings uh, plans or accounts. So the first one that we're going to talk about is the ESA, the Educational Savings Account, otherwise known as the Coverdale ESA. And so there's some spe specific characteristics of the Coverdale ESA uh, that make it distinct. You can add and take money out of a Coverdale ESA as needed to cover educational expenses. The kicker is you can only contribute up to $2,000 per year. And that contribution limit is for each beneficiary. So for instance, if you had three kids, you could put $2,000 a year in each child's ESA uh, and that would be fine. But no matter how many ESAs they have, the maximum has to be $2,000 in contributions for a year. Another caveat to the ESA is you can only add money to the account until the beneficiary is 18 years of age, unless it's a special needs beneficiary and you'll have to check out the rules on that, uh, but that's the only distinction that will allow you to do it past the age of 18. In order to contribute to an ESA, there are income limits. So your, uh, your adjusted gross income has to be, if you're an individual, at or below $110,000. And if it's a joint uh, tax return for you and a spouse, then it has to be below uh, $220,000 per year. Another thing with ESAs is they are not tax deductible at the state or federal level. And they do hinder you to only 
pay for educational expenses, but you can pay for educational expenses at any level. Uh, you can pay for, you know, private school for a child, or uh, you can pay for uh, any kind of, you know, community college, college, grad school, what, whatever it is. You can pay for any kind of educational expenses, uh, but the the problem is is that you uh, cannot deduct those expenses, um, and they can only be used for education. Then there are the 529 plans, and many of you have probably heard of these. These are really the most popular of the college savings plans. These are uh, regulated by the states, and so each state has its own 529 plan that uh, you can participate in. Most states let you deduct your 529 plan contributions uh, from your uh, state income taxes. And that's that's an awesome benefit uh, that you can take advantage of there. The earnings that you make on the money in the 529 plan will be deferred from state and typically federal taxes as well. And you won't have to pay any taxes on withdrawals from a 529 uh, as long as it's being used for qualified educational expenses. Uh, and you'll, you will need to look up that definition for the, the specifics. Uh, but as long as you're using it for qualified expenses, there, there will be no taxes on the back end of the 529. These accounts also allow, just like with the ESAs, for it to be used for uh, private school or public school expenses, uh, K through 12. But the 529 limits it to $10,000 per year that you can use for the K through 12 tuition. With the 529, the contribution limit is up to the gift tax limit. So it's much greater than that of the ESA. I, the gift tax limit, I don't want to lie to you, but uh, it's in the tens of thousands of dollars. So uh, I would go check out uh, whatever that is, the, the limit for a, a gift to an individual. And that's the annual limit. But you can front load a 529 with five years worth of the those gift tax limits so you can do the gift tax times five and just do it once without triggering any uh, undue taxes on that uh, and it will just be applied to the next five years uh, tax return for you you'll you'll say that you did the contribution every year for the next five years and you can't do any more and that would trigger uh, something but you can front load it with five years worth which is good because then it will allow that money to begin compounding from the get-go you can start saving for just about anybody in a 529. Uh, you don't have; it doesn't have to be a family member. It can be a friend. It can be a, it can be a grandchild, a great grandchild, a, a child. It can be your spouse. It can be yourself. Uh, you can even start saving for an unborn child or an unborn grandchild. You just have to start it in your own name, and then uh, accounts can be transferred easily into the names of someone else. Um, so you can transfer it into the name of that child once the child is born. So there's all of those advantages and the ability to switch who uh, the account beneficiary is. And with a 529, the account owner holds the cards. The account owner holds the ability to make all the decisions. With the 529 plans, when the child becomes an adult, they still don't have access to that money. That's still not their money to allocate. It's still the account owner's money to allocate. So they do remain uh, in control of the money even once the child um, is over the age of 18. A couple of accounts where that is not the case are our next college or educational savings account, uh, which don't have to be used for that at all. And that's the 
uh, UTMA and UGMA, so Uniform Transfer to Minors Act or Uniform Gift to Minors Act accounts. And in these, the individual, when they are 18, it is their money. It's the, whoever the beneficiary of the account is, it's their money at the age of 18. It's no longer the individual who set up and maybe was the custodian of the account. It, it's not their money anymore. So let's dig into that a little bit. In these accounts, you can contribute as much as you want, uh, but you can only go up to the amount of the uh, annual gift allowance uh, and anything above that, it, you will incur gift tax on. Uh, so you, you want to meet that. And if you want to go over it, that's up to you. But the, the gift tax thing would, would be a, a little bit of a detriment. So, uh, But there, there is no true limit as to how much money you can put in. Anyone can open these on behalf of a child, and they don't have to be used for educational expenses at all. Uh, so what's done is these funds are put in the child's name, and then there's a custodian put on uh, the account as well. So typically, if a parent opens one for the child, the parent will be the custodian until the child is 18. Well, the contributions are irrevocable, so irrevocable. You can't uh, take these back. Once the money's put in the child's name, it's the child's money, and uh, you have to deal with that, and it will be the child's money when they become old enough to uh, take it into their own hands. With these, you cannot change the beneficiaries. It's in one child's name, and that's whose it is, and the contributions are not tax deductible either. There is, in fact, a heavy weight on federal student aid, though, if the child has an UTMA or UGMA, because this is treat, treated as the child's assets, not the parent's assets. So it, whenever money is treated as child's assets, that weighs heavily on their ability to receive federal aid. Now, I don't want uh, you paying for school with student loans anyway, uh, but it may impact your ability to receive a grant if you're able to do so. And so I want you to get as much of that free money as you can. And it may impact your ability to get uh, need-based scholarships. And so I don't want that to be the case um, if, if at all possible. Now, if you have an UTMA or UGMA that uh, you know your child will, will be able to uh, pay for school and you have that agreed upon, then you know that, that may not be a bad thing. But leaving it in their hands and, and making sure that they do the right things with it is also a very risky bet. And these types of accounts are mainly used just if you want your child or the beneficiary to have money uh, when they become a legal adult because uh, there's no guarantee that they're going to use it on the right things and there's no limitations to what they can use it for. So uh, this is basically just to leave money behind. But a lot of people do use this uh, as an agreed upon way to save for a child's uh, school long term. And then the, the child will have control of the money and, and they can make the decisions as needed. Uh, but hopefully either you have a, a good rapport with your child or your child is going to be responsible enough to use it for the right things when they get to that point or use it for whatever you save for. So why might we use educational savings or uh, the 529 or the UTMA or the UGMA? Why might we use these? Well, what they do is, first of all, they earmark funds for a specific purpose. And that's very important uh, for those of us who are big planners and those of us who want to follow a plan, having money that's earmarked for a certain thing takes away the temptation to spend it on something else. And so the fact that you have the money earmarked in an account that can only be used for certain things or in an account that the money is going to be the child's and, and you can't 
have any say over what ends up happening to that money, uh, that limits you. And it can be a good thing because it, it makes it to where you're saving for the right reasons and uh, you're following a plan and you don't have the temptation of pulling the money uh, for unnecessary things. So uh, it earmarks funds for you and you're able to have in your mind, okay, I have this much saved for Johnny's college or this much saved so Sally can get it at 18. And so all of these things uh, are very useful and uh, it's just a balancing act as to what your needs are and what you're using these accounts for. You also may use these accounts for tax advantages. So I, I talked about a few of the advantages, especially to the 529 that there are uh, for taxes. So if you can get out of state taxes, if you can not pay taxes on the growth of money, um, anything like that, that, that's a really useful thing to do. If you can take money out for a kid's education and not have to pay taxes on that money, that's huge as well. So um, I just want you to, to be able to think about um, the most tax advantages you can get in a prudent way and uh, the educational savings and the, the 529, the, these are ways that you can make the, the tax bill for yourself as minimal as possible uh, and, and help yourself out a lot while still doing something constructive for your children. And then something else that this does is it helps you to leave money distinctly for your children. If you're in an utma or ugma as a custodian for your child, or if uh, you are thinking about doing this, what that's going to allow you to do is leave money to your child uh, at their legal age of 18, um, and that money can only be theirs. That money, that money can only be used by them. And so that, that's a big, big deal. And uh, it, it's a way that you can make sure that they receive money uh, for whatever reason you may want them to receive money for. And maybe it's an early inheritance, maybe it's whatever, maybe it's just your way of making sure that they get a piece of, of what you have built. And if that's the case, those are good options for you. Also, saving for college and for education is so huge. We're in a student loan debacle. The, the student loan crisis in America is ridiculous. And you don't want to be another statistic. You don't want your child to be another statistic. Being able to save in a smart way for your child's college is it can be so useful. And it's not that costly. And that's why I want to remind you here. I want to just a quick aside. To save up for your child's college shouldn't be extremely costly month to month for you. It's part of something we're doing in the financial action plan. And yes, I want you to take care of yourself and your retirement and your investing first, but you can set aside a little $100, $150 a month for the life of your child until they're 18. And that can be a big, you know, big dent in the expenses that they're going to have for their education, and it may even cover all of it. And so being able to do that and doing it in a, in a smart, uh, systematic way uh, can allow you to be well set up for the future and not set your child up for failure or put them in a place where they're going to have to take out unnecessary student loans and uh, get their financial life started on the wrong foot. Not to mention the cost of college has skyrocketed uh, in the past 10, 20, 30 years. And so to be able to keep up with that, we want to invest funds uh, that will grow over the long term and that will uh, grow to hopefully outpace the increase in the cost of college. That way, uh, in real terms, we are making money and we are uh, able to put a dent in the cost of college for our children or whomever we're saving for college for. So what are some reasons not 
to use these types of accounts? Well, one would be the restrictions. Like it can only be used for college or education and it can only be used for this one child. Uh, those types of things are uh, not very beneficial to us and it's not things that you like to hear. Any type of restrictions always make you think twice. And then obviously any limits on contributions can also stink too. Because especially with the ESA when it's only $2,000 a year, I mean that's, that's nothing. You know, that's less than $200 a month. And so uh, it, it just may not be the best idea uh, to use these as the primary way that you save for your children, uh, but it may meet your needs quite well. Another reason that maybe we shouldn't use these is uh, 529 plans especially put limitations on what can be invested in, and, and it's because they are state-regulated and state-specific. And so I, I don't want regulation on my investments. I don't want... Uh, to be limited to specific choices on what I can invest in and the type of rates of returns that I can expect. And so anything I can do to get around that uh, will be extremely uh, helpful to me and would be extremely helpful to you as well. So I don't want you to fall into a place where uh, you're just investing in one of these plans because of the semantics, because of the wording of, oh, it's a college saving plan. It's the only way you can save for your child's college. Um, not necessarily the, these disadvantages uh, can really be tough to uh, get over, especially if you're behind and you're trying to pick up and get some quick contributions uh, really, really fast, or or maybe you're trying to get greater growth or, or whatever it may be, and they limit you uh, in a particular way. Further, a reason not to use these types of accounts, if you have an utma or ugma for your child and your child turns out to be an irresponsible adult, too bad. You have no say in what happens to that money because uh, that technically is their money. It's money that you've put away for them. You've entrusted to them. So uh, that's that's a hard uh, dice to roll, especially early in a child's life and not knowing what their character will be and not knowing uh, how they will be able to handle money. So um, I'd just say that that's a tough one. Being uh, out of control of your own money uh, is so hard, and especially when uh, maybe you don't know what that child is going to do or the decisions that they're going to make. So uh, that's another disadvantage that, that there may be to uh, investing in these types of accounts. And then like with the ESA, basically all you get is the earmark of it's for college. And I hate that. <laughs> I mean, yes, it allows you to take away the temptation of using the money for other things. And it allows you to, to be more specific in your planning. But if I'm not going to receive any big tax advantages, if I'm not going to you know be unlimited in the things that I can do, uh, or the contributions I can make, then I don't know how interested I am in, in those types of things. At least with the 529 or the UTMA and UGMA, you have some leeway there and there's differing rules and uh, it's not just earmarked. You have advantages that you can take advantage of uh, in those accounts. So um, just don't fall into investing in these accounts just because they are designated for these educational expenses. So how do we decide? How do we decide if we need to be investing in one of these accounts or not? So I'll give you a couple of things that um, you may want to think about. First, determine what you're saving for. So if you don't want any restrictions, then 529s and ESAs are not the way to go. 
So if you want to be you know, without restriction, then those, those are not the way uh, for you to go. But at the same time, if you don't want your child to have control of all the money, then you don't want to go the Utma or Ugma route either. So uh, it kind of leaves you between a rock and a hard place if you uh, don't want your child to have control and you don't want to have restrictions. Then another way that you can decide is, do you need tax help? Do you need uh, any tax advantages that you can get? In that way, a 529 can be extremely useful uh, and can allow you to grow money tax-free uh, and take it out tax-free if uh, there's um, the for the qualified expenses. And when you're putting money in, a lot, a lot of states will allow for tax deductions on the state taxes. So um, all of those things make it very advantageous if you need tax help. But the other types of accounts that I talk, talked about are really not going to give you much tax help at all. Then another way of deciding is what kind of investment choices do you need and are there good enough ones in those types of plans? So uh, there's a lot of leeway in the investment choices of ESAs and UTMAs and UGMAs. You can basically invest in what you need to, but 529s are restricted. So maybe your needs say 529, but then you know, you look at the investments in your state's 529 and it's just not good and it's not going to meet your needs well. So uh, that can be tough to make that decision as well. If the advantages are useless or if the disadvantages outweigh the advantages of these types of accounts, what I would say is you can always use a brokerage account. Now, yes, there are uh, tax implications to that, but no contribution limits. You do keep control of your money and you get full autonomy of picking investments and you can control and it can have any kind of investment that you want. So you can use those in that place and for that specific purpose. And we talked about brokerage accounts in yesterday's video. And I just want to remind you, they, they can be extremely useful if you have a plan and if you have a purpose for them. Just make sure that you're being as tax efficient as possible and don't get yourself a big tax bill within those. Um, but they can be used. So there, there are advantages to educational savings accounts and it can allow you to plan well for your child's future, but it can also paint you into a corner with some of your money and you may not want to fall into that place. You may want to have uh, less restrictions, more freedom, more autonomy to make decisions with your money. But with any type of account, maybe you notice this by now, we talked about different retirement accounts, brokerage accounts, college savings accounts. Anytime you get an advantage, you're probably going to get a disadvantage as well. And so you have to weigh your advantages and disadvantages in your own life with your own needs and determine uh, if it's worth it. And if it's not, that's okay because uh, your life is not going to be like everybody else's. And so do what works best for you and that works best uh, within your family and with the, the needs that you have today. When it comes down to it, these accounts are all about the benefits that you're looking for and whether or not you get them in these accounts. I would say that the 529 is probably uh, the best just for the advantages that the advantages that it offers and the ability to grow tax-free and get some uh, tax help. That that's going to be really good, and it's also got some higher contribution limits than the ESAs. Um, so I, I like the the 529 a lot, but. Uh, the investment restrictions on the 529s can be a tough thing to overcome. So I, I don't want to necessarily say, you know, 529 is what you need to do. Uh, but, it, you know, if your state offers, you know, a good 529 plan with good investment choices that you can choose from, uh, there, there may be distinct advantages there if you know that you're wanting to save specifically for uh, qualified educational expenses. 
So hey, thanks for watching this video. If you can, go down below and subscribe, like this video, leave me any feedback in the comments that you would like to leave and, uh, and I can get back to you there and we can have a, a nice dialogue about uh, maybe you're wanting to save for your child's college and you're wanting to start early. Maybe you have little kids and you want to go ahead and start. Uh, I'd be glad to help you do that and, and learn, you know, maybe everything about these different accounts that you need to know. Uh, I can help get you in touch with an investment advisor that can uh, put these things into action for you. Uh, and, and we can get all of this rolling in a positive direction for you and for your children and your long-term financial health. So follow me on social media at MNO with Dylan and check out the website www.mnowithdylan.com. Uh, if you're listening on Apple or Spotify, you can uh, subscribe to the podcast there. Um, if not, if you're not listening there and you would like to, uh, you can go and you can uh, subscribe there and listen to this show in the audio version uh, as a podcast there as well. So tune in the next couple days as I, as I start posting some of these short clips of this past week's videos, and maybe you missed some things, and, and maybe I'll uh, hit on them in some of those short videos, and you can watch those and then reference back to the video that it's from and uh, really dig into the details and see how you like these in, um, in lieu of the weekly rewinds that I've been posting. Also tune in Monday as we move past where to put the money and now what to put in these accounts. So uh, what are some things that you can specifically invest in? And we're going to start Monday with the topic that I am most passionate about, and that is stock investing. So we're going to start talking about stocks on Monday. It's one of my favorite topics, and, and hopefully I can uh, make you feel the same way by the time we're done with Monday's video. So thanks again for tuning in to this episode of Money's No Object. I am your host, Dylan Howe. God bless.